Are you ready for the end of the world? This is your community spirit. Show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit on your community radio. My name is Treesong. And this is Ord Energy Mon. And we're here to talk about Winner's Over. <laughs> yeah. No, wait. <laughs> just like, winner's Over. That was a quick winner. That was, just that like, was nice. <laughs> yeah, I was out in, in this weather all week installing a solar system, so I'm a little bit beat up. So. Yeah. So now that you're, you've made progress in that, now it's going to warm up a little bit over the weekend. <laughs> just like... <laughs> just, just to spite you. Yep. So, well... I was very thankful when the sun came out. Yeah. So, this is thankful month, so work really hard to think of all the things to be thankful for and of and about. Mm. So, should we get the things we're not thankful out of the way first? <laughs> yeah, we or can just, get a few of those out of the way first. Like, wait a second. Senate rejects Exxon... I said Exxon again. I'm always <laughs> say I, I really do not like Exxon. Yeah. <laughs> Keystone XL pipeline by one vote. I'm yeah. thankful for one person. Yeah. We don't know was. who that one person is. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this this should go in the one vote book. Yeah. I mean, English won over German as our national language by one vote. Yeah. <laughs> the eagle won over the turkey yeah. by one vote. Well, Trans Canada right now is probably thinking to themselves, oh, we forgot to pay off this one guy. <laughs> just like, <laughs> well, I mean, considering the oil was just going to be pumped through our country to then be sent to China, yeah. why doesn't Canada just pump it to the edge of their country instead? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could just... Wait, wait, that makes logical sense. Makes logical sense, yeah. Well, because they don't want to go through their own country, you know. They want to minimize that and try to push it through our country. <laughs> it's like, so... The U.S. Senate has narrowly rejected, <laughs> I don't think you can get any narrower than that. Yeah. <laughs> has narrowly rejected a bill to approve construction of the Keystone XL pipeline, the controversial project that would carry tar sands oil from Alberta, Canada to refineries on the Gulf Coast of the United States. So that's why they wanted to send it down to the refineries yeah. to ref- be refined and then sent to China. So. Coming into the floor debate on Tuesday, there was not certainty as what the outcome would be, a a true rarity for the Senate. At the beginning of the debate on Tuesday afternoon, bill sponsor Senator Mary Landrieu, Democrat of Louisiana, said the debate was, quote, one of the first debates I've been in eight years where the outcome is uncertain. Well, what isn't that supposed to be the debate? (laughs) Yeah, it's like I already know what I'm going to vote. Say whatever you want. Yeah, say whatever you want. We're just going to (laughs) vote. But I know in my heart we have 60 votes, end quote. <laughs> As it turns out, well, she did not have 60 votes to pass her bill. It failed by a final count of 59 to 41. Oh. The vote re- represented the first time the Keystone XL pipeline has been heard by the Senate. It has been passed by the House. Right? Yeah, the House passed it. <laughs> you know. Um, environmentalists have long opposed the Keystone XL pipeline mainly because of the type of oil it would carry. Now, I mean, they're already pumping this type of oil through the existing pipelines. They just want to expand it. 
And, I mean, it's not like the existing pipelines aren't leaking already. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're not leaking enough. we got to make more pipelines. Yeah. So. Um, Senator Barbara Boxer, one of the strongest opponents of the Keystone XL pipeline in the Senate, ripped into her pipeline-supporting colleagues for ignoring the health of communities that are located near tar sands refineries or that live near the pipeline and are at risk from a possible spill. A probable spill, because they've already had quite a few spills yeah. with the existing pipelines. Quote, their children aren't going to live there. Their grandchildren aren't going to live there. They brush aside these issues. She said on the Senate floor on Tuesday, this is a filthy, dirty oil, the most dangerous pollutants, end quote. Well, that's pretty good of her to say that, because, I mean, none of their families are going to live anywhere near this. I mean, yeah. is there anybody who's in the political office who's not a millionaire now? <laughs> yeah, no, they they probably had to look on a map to see where any of these locations are. Like, oh, you know, people what, live Why there? would they look on a map? It's... <laughs> yeah. They've been, you know, they've been paid to pass it. They get paid to not look at the map. Right. <laughs> they might see the schools and the houses. Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, how many, how much stuff they're inundated. Yeah. And the people who talk to them the most are the lobbyists, lobbyists. who are paid to talk to them. Yeah. But, you know, me and you go to talk to them. That is not as often as a lobbyist does. And the lobbyist and the person gets a personal relationship. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, even if they're not paying them off, yeah, you know, they get to be buddies because you know you show up at someone's office enough, you either get arrested or you become buddies. Yeah, <laughs> one or the other. So, in other weird, wait, uh, we're looking thanks news. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's see. We've got this one. Madison County judge will rule by the end of the week on the fracking lawsuit. There's a lawsuit against fracking? Yeah. Why? This brings jobs. This brings... <laughs> so so I've heard. I'm, I'm a little skeptical. <laughs> Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> so a judge in Madison County said on Tuesday that she would issue a ruling by the end of the week. And it is the end of the week, so I checked before the show. I still haven't seen any news, but probably sometime today we're going to hear the news on this story. So the ruling will be on whether to issue a temporary injunction in a lawsuit aimed at stopping the state's new rules for so-called fracking from taking effect. Circuit Judge Barbara Crowder heard arguments on the issue for about three hours on Tuesday, then said she would take under advisement the request to temporarily put fracking regulation processes on hold. A group of Southern Illinois landowners... Well, that's pretty good. I mean, they're actually listening. Yeah, I was actually glad to hear that, too, because, you know... Sometimes if you get a bad judge, they'll listen for two minutes and be like, okay, you filed the right paperwork. I don't care what you guys say. Go home. <laughs> but they actually, she listened for a few hours, and I don't know exactly what the tone was like, but uh, she said she's going to be making a decision by the end of the week. A group of Southern Illinois landowners claims in a lawsuit filed last week that the state's rulemaking process has been flawed. The plaintiffs want to judge the judge to eventually declare the rules are invalid. Well, I don't think it's actually flawed, but they didn't follow the existing process. Yeah. So, yeah, the process they followed is not matching the process they were supposed to follow. I mean, they didn't follow their own rules. <laughs> They're not following their own rules to create rules for us. <laughs> it's just, it's just like. So, yeah. So they want, they eventually want the judge to declare the rules invalid, but they also want the temporary injunction issued in the meantime. Yeah, I mean, like. Don't allow them to frack while we're figuring out whether we should allow them to frack. Yeah, because there have been, I mean... <clears throat> I, <laughs> That's kind of... Wait, 
Yeah, there Wait have been second, situations. That's logical. It's very logical. But I can, I've heard of situations where like with logging, for example, they'll, they'll, the logging will go through, they'll clear cut an entire area, and then the lawsuit will come and say, oh, they shouldn't have done that, you know? It's like, well, it already happened, you can't put them back, <laughs> you know, so. Well, they can fine them, and hopefully the fine them was more expensive than what the money they made. Yeah, I mean, that's the best you can do, but it's even better if you can stop the harm from happening with an injunction. So among the allegation is that the Illinois Department of Natural Resources did not consider scientific studies in its first rules notice, denying the public a chance to address the specific information the agency relied upon to draft the rules. Plaintiff attorney Penny Livingston also claims that no agency representative available to answer residents' questions at public hearings and that some were denied admission to or a chance to speak at the meetings. I mean, there was a lot of people, you know, wanting to step forward to, you know, in the areas where they would be most directly affected. People yeah. were like educated and are educated and knowledgeable about it. And they yeah. have questions and nobody knows the answers because, well, it's all a secret. Yeah, like there were people like from the, the health department in their official capacity. There were, you know, people with research information on this and, you know, some of them got to speak, uh, but they didn't all get listened to. And yeah, it's just, they should, they should, I believe in having science inform public policy. I know that's that's a wild, crazy thought, you know. We should take scientific evidence into account when we formulate public policy. Now, this is interesting. Frackers are terrorizing school kids in California. Rodrigo Romo's daughter is afraid because the oil and gas drilling activity happening around her school, Sequoia Elementary School in Kern County, California. She has trouble sleeping at night and has difficulty focusing in class because she doesn't know what the industry's pollution might be doing to her and her classmates. Roma doesn't know how to answer when she asks him if they're going to be okay. This is what happens when companies don't care about the lives of young people of color. The Frack Tracker Alliance has mapped all the alive and kicking oil and gas wells in their proximity to the school with large Latino and non-white populations. Wait a second. Why are they specifying, why don't they just say schools, period? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they've got, they already have a map of where it's close to schools. They want to map this to see if there's discrimination on where it's placed. The Alliance actually found that 352,724 students attend schools that are, sit within a mile of these, of wells. Yeah. That's more students than the entire population of the city of Pittsburgh. Huh. So. Many of these wells are simulated using hydraulic fracturing or fracking, a technique that breaks up underground rocks to release oil and gas. Now, recent studies from the U.S. Agency for Toxic Substance and these disease registry. Man, imagine working there. <laughs> yeah, it's a cheery place. <laughs> the U.S. Agency for Toxic Substances and Disease Registry. <laughs> it's just like, have noted elevated carcinogen level near fracking sites. And yet, California is one of 11 states that does not limit how close oil and gas drillers can work to houses, schools, and churches. Man, that would really suck. Yeah. Just like you have this nice house in a nice prestigious area and someone just builds an oil well near you and you can't say no. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 
I don't have kids, but I can't even imagine what I would do if they were doing that by my kids' school and they were coming home scared, you know. That's not a good situation. There are 485 active new oil and gas wells within a mile of a school and 177 active new ones within a half a mile. And they're, of course, predominantly non-white, about 80%. For the schools that with wells within a half-mile radius, they are uh, about 78% non-white. The pollution that comes from fracking oil drilling comes with its own threats to children's respiratory systems and cognitive development. But adding to the travesty are the other sources of pollution circulating and ventilating through their schools. So, I mean, part of it is they feel like, well, I don't know what they feel. It's, they feel like the people who, um, are used to being trampled on mm-hmm. will be more lenient and have less resources to fight than people who haven't been trampled on. Yeah. And that's Am often I- what happens with these forms of pollution, you know, is it's not, it's not, well, like, uh, like, let's see, here's a quote here that's, there's oil in Beverly Hills, but you wouldn't find multiple wellheads across from their schools and play- playgrounds. Yeah. See, like, I mean, <laughs> I, that just, for we just laugh at that. Yeah, I mean, I mean but, it's unthinkable. You know, Beverly Hills, but then here all of these these families have to have it by their playgrounds because they don't have the money to fight it. So, and it's I mean, this article talks. It's in California, so it talks about the discrimination against the Latino population. But I know here in Illinois, I mean, it's partially an accident of geography that it happens to be in Southern Illinois. You know, the shale they're going after, but it's also a you know. Rural poor versus, you know, urban wealth issue. Like, if this were underneath Chicago, I don't think they'd be fracking, like, you know, downtown Chicago, like, you know, to get this stuff and putting everybody's lives in danger there. But it's here in southern Illinois where they think people aren't going to be able to resist it, so. Record cold. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, 2014 is set for record hot, and record cold may be a thing of the past. Wait a second. This last week, it was cold. (laughs) It was pretty cold. I mean... I mean, it was cold here. Don't tell me climate change (laughs) is... What is it? Don't tell me global warming. (laughs) That climate change thing I believe in. But global warming? (laughs) It was cold last week. What are you talking about? Yeah, it was cold last week. There was there was a a surge of Arctic air that left much of the continental United States shivering in unusually bitter November cold. It was really cold here. But it was a very short cold. Yeah, it was very short, and it was mostly just the U.S. Uh, I mean, this foray into weather, winter weather is just a small blip in the overall global picture, which is of a warming world that is still on track to see 2014 set the mark for the hottest year on record. So it's not even just that this is going to be a kind of hot year for the globe. It's going to almost certainly be the hottest year on record. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration said on Thursday. That warming, fueled largely by man-made rise of greenhouse gases, is so relentless, in fact, that the odds of seeing a record coldest year in the future are vanishingly small. As the animation shows, we've got the link to this animation uh, in the news. Yeah, if you would like to see this animation or receive everything we've talked about, Please email us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yeah. And the, the last time uh, the world experienced a record cold was in 1909, 
Ever since then, it's been either normal or, you know, normal, quote-unquote, or record highs. And it's a great animation because it's this little globe bouncing up and down, like as the temperature goes up and down each year. And only once or twice does it bump to a, a, a record cold, but then it keeps bumping the record high higher and higher. It's a good visual to convey this abstract data. Now, August, September, and October of 2014 have all been the warmest such months on record. As shown by data from NASA, the Japanese Meteorological Association, and uh, I just forgot what's NOAA. The oh, yeah, National uh, Oceanic, Oceanic and Atmospheric. Atmospheric Administration. I couldn't remember what the N was. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to <laughs> <laughs> So... Th- these numbers were just released on Thursday, so. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's one thing we can comfort ourselves in as we're cold here in, in North America is, it's not gonna last forever. <laughs> we're not gonna freeze to death. <laughs> you know, we're gonna heat up. But I mean, you know, weather is different from climate. Yeah. Weather patterns are going to still happen. They just be more extreme. Yeah. Know? Normal, you know, we used to have fall cool days well we had fall cold days right it was just it was more extreme than normal yeah we have still have rainy days but instead of it raining for four days you get that same amount of rain in an hour in new york instead of it snowing you know seven inches it snowed seven feet yeah (laughs) it's just you know we're still getting the same patterns they're just becoming more extreme. Yeah, time. it's more extreme because, you know, more heat is more energy in the system and that throws everything out of whack. Your city's water would be cleaner if it had a magic island on it. Oh, a magic island. Urban waterways are usually the worst. Just picture any inner city harbor anywhere and you'll see what I mean. But they don't have to be. Wetlands are nature's oldest tech for cleaning up bodies of water and there's a way to get some wetlands back into our city waterways. The concept is really simple. Install a floating platform somewhere in your body of water with room for plants and animals to move in and wait to reap the water cleaning benefits. The plants will feed on nitrogen pollution in the water. I mean, they feed off of pol- yeah. nitrogen. <laughs> nitrogen to them is food. Yeah. They eat pollution for breakfast. Yeah, and pump out oxygen. <laughs> so, I mean, essentially create, you know, I mean, that's the thing is we try to clean up everything so it's like prestigious, but that means it's dead. Mm-hmm, yeah. Right? I mean, so if you have like some floaty stuff in the middle of your isle, your pond, <laughs> if it's the right stuff, yeah, it'll actually clean up. Yeah, it sort of gives you a choice between if you want these algae blooms to take over your water or if you want a nice floating island of uh, wetlands. Yeah, a little wetland, a little floating island. So you can have native plants in the turf and, you know, to bring, bring back the lush natural, you know. Here's the example. Within a year of installing the system, the riverbank had been utterly transformed. The diversity of plant species had gone from three to thirty and dragonfly larvae, a good indicator of water cleanliness, are in abundance. So, so there's actually companies now that will, you know, Build you a little floating wetland, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it seemed like you could just if you got a bunch of reeds that float on there and just 
dump some old chairs on top of it or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it can, if you, even if you just build like a blank platform, it can build itself, you know, just <laughs> seeds will land on it and such. But it sounds like they add special plants to it too in order to help along the process. So I wonder if their slogan is floating islands coming to a disgusting area of water near you. <laughs> yeah. That would be a good slogan. <laughs> so magic islands in our city's waters. Hello. Before we get into, every once in a while we get a book, and I like to talk about the book. There's this new, have you heard of the B Corporation? I have, a little bit. How to use business as a force for good. More than a thousand companies from 80 industries in 30 countries are now leading a global movement to redefine success in business. They're called B Corporations, B Corps for short. And these businesses, of course, have high-quality jobs, help build stronger communities, and restore the environment, all while generating solid financial returns. This book, just released in October, is How to Use Business as a Source for Good. Now, this is, I think the publisher of this is actually a B Corporation, hmm. but I'm not sure. I know there is a publisher who is a B Corporation. Yeah, a book about B Corporations called The B Corporation Handbook by a B Corporation. <laughs> Be the change. <laughs> and I did look into it for my own business, and mine was, it wasn't worth it for me to spend the money because I'm so small. Hmm. But, um, and essentially I'm doing it all already. I mean, it's just, you know, yeah. Re- recycle, uh, promote bicycling. Um, yeah, because I mean, it basically allows you to incorporate some goals other than just making money into the corporation, right? right? Well, it's it's being a person instead of a corporation. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know, corporations are people. These are corporations that are people with good values. Yeah, with a conscience. <laughs> yeah, so like, you know, they're part of their community. They think of sustainability they, um, I don't know, you know, recycle, blah, 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 you know, or <laughs> yeah. whenever I say recycle, I say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, that's an easy out. So, yeah. um, speaking of recycling, I went to the recycling center this morning. They have a lot of these great big plastic barrels mm. that are great for s- storing things and for rain barrels. But I didn't realize they have a large section of stuff you can buy that they've, you know, instead of recycling it or it's not recycled and, you know, they could throw it away, they sell it to the public. Oh, yeah. So they have, like, office chairs. Right now I bought an uh, ice scraper for a dollar. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, the last couple of days I used, you know, my credit card or an ID. Oh, yeah. You know, because I couldn't find my ice scraper. You never remember where it's at. <laughs> Yeah, we used a binder. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, well, if you go to the Southern Recycling Center, they have a bucket of them for a dollar a piece. So, yeah. And there's a lot of containers, um, from, you know, the area businesses that they ship things here and then, you know. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of the three R's, like reduce, reuse, recycle. The goal is to do them in that order, like reduce as much as you can so you're not consuming a lot and destroying a lot. And if you can't reduce it, then reuse it. Like, get it used from somebody else and give it a new life. And if all else fails, then recycle it. You know, recycling is like the last-ditch effort. And, I mean, 
I have gone there before to and got books. Out of, they have a, a whole bin of recycling mm-hmm. that people are throwing books away. Oh yeah. And I've fished a few books out. And um, if you ever have kids who want to do uh, like collages, they have throw a lot of magazines away. You can get a magazine and cut out. Yeah. So it's a good thing for teachers to know if they need those for projects. There you go. So today is World Hello Day. Hello. <laughs> Let's see. Hola. Shalom. Um, Guten Tag. Man, I, that, that was about it. I'm not very good. <laughs> Do you so, quit? That's Irish Gaelic. <laughs> so, hello world. Saturday is go for a ride day and national adoption day, which is always the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Hmm. Yeah, so Sunday is eat a cranberry day. I actually ate some cranberry yesterday. And it's also National Cashew Day. Where's cashews from? It's a, it's a African? Um, I'm not sure. I thought is I think I've had, uh, cashews from Asia. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, it's like, I remember I actually ordered them from where they came from, but now I don't remember. <laughs> now, because this is thankful month, I, I recently bought a, a mix of granola and it, um, I looked at where, like, everything in there was from a different country. Yeah. And it was really good because it had wasabi peas from China. It had almonds from the Middle East. It had mangoes. You know, it, it was like, you know, I was just like, we are in awesome times. Yeah, we live in strange times. You know, it's, a pretty... it's, it's utopia. I mean, <laughs> imagine, you know, people take that for granted now, but a hundred years ago, yeah, you couldn't even eat oranges. I mean, really? Yeah. It'd take you your whole life to travel to all those places, and maybe you couldn't even get there. <laughs> so Sunday, we okay, Tuesday is National Parfait Day. Wednesday is Shopping Reminder Day. <laughs> and that's the reminder to go shopping because you don't go shopping the next day, which is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yeah. <laughs> Please don't go shopping on Thanksgiving. That's the day to eat, drink, and be thankful. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So please take the day off on Thanksgiving and enjoy time with your family. And if you're lucky, you get to do that on Friday, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I, I can't remember what he was calling it, but one of my friends who's a community activist was on Friday, instead of, he's starting, like, buy nothing day is on Friday, like, instead of bu- buying, you don't buy. But my friend is trying to start, like, you know, do something, give something back. Oh, like, he's going good. out and doing a homeless outreach to give food and, Warm clothes to the homeless, so, you know, instead of consuming, to give gifts on that day to those in need. So not only buy nothing day, but give something day. Yeah, that might have been what he called it. I can't remember to be sure. That would be good. So some happenings. Um, on, before we get into all the happenings, I did want to mention, put it on your calendar for the day after Thanksgiving is the free community Thanksgiving dinner at the Newman Center. Mm. So in case I forget to mention it next Friday, it is next Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. And they usually serve about a 1,000 meals. A lot of them are delivered to people. Mm. But all right, get into happenings. Carbondale Community Farmers Market, Saturdays 9 till noon at the Carbondale Community High School. It's inside. 
is the chance to talk and meet with the farmers, the faces of agriculture, and get the taste of all the area has to offer. Offer. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time. Also coming up, the spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King. There's a community service award. Now, they give that out in January during the celebration. But the deadline for submitting nominations for this award is today. So you can still, uh, the address is over at cdalinterfaith.org. Uh, on the Carbondale Interfaith Council website, they've got the form there, and there's not time left to mail it in, but you can email it to them. And it's, you know, honoring people in the community who fulfill the spirit of Dr. Martin Luther King. If you know someone like that, there's still time to nominate them. Probably everybody I can think of have already been nominated, but <laughs> we have some really good people in this town. Yeah, we do. Master Naturalist. That's not naturalist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> naturalist. Yeah, naturalist, yeah. I no, what's the what you know um Oh, naturist? Some, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> naturist is when you run around naked. Yeah. Naturalist is when you enjoy nature with your clothes on. <laughs> yeah, so that was the Okay. Um the other one. <laughs> Master Naturalist Open House Sunday, November 23rd from 2 to 4 p.m. at Giant City Park. The University of Illinois Extension will host a Master Naturalist Open House at Giant City Park from 2 to 4 p.m. on Sunday. You can become a Master Naturalist. They've got to capitalize there just in case you say the wrong word maybe. I don't know. In 12, it says, it doesn't say exciting. It says exiting. Oh, yeah, exiting. You're right, it does. (laughs) It says in 12 exiting sessions. Yeah. There will be also bonus field trips. This program places an emphasis on the unique plants, animals, and ecosystems of Southern Illinois. Enrollment is limited. This open house is an opportunity to learn about the Master Naturalist program has to offer and what you can offer to the program. Yeah. Maybe exiting is a little pun, like going outside, exiting, <laughs> but it will also be exciting. See, the next one, that's the... I got this from the paper. Yeah. It's a different date here, so... Yeah. Yeah, we we got two different dates for the uh the Thanksgiving dinner over at the Newman Center. Is it usually on a is it usually on Thanksgiving itself? Okay, that one's never mind. This one is at the Irma Hay Center. Oh, okay, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, the one you're mentioning on fr- next Friday is at the Irma Hay Center. There you go. So But coming up next Thursday is Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday from noon to two PM at the Newman Center. Seven fifteen South Washington. Now, that's a really big one. It's you know, like you were saying, it's got hundreds of people that come, and they're they're look inviting people to eat. They're also welcoming volunteers too, because you can go and volunteer and help serve the food. Yeah, they always need a lot of help because again, over a thousand meals. Because there's, um, I forget the organization that brings a uh, Meals on Wheels, right? Yeah. So Meals on Wheels, they take that day off, and the Newman Center gets a lot of volunteers and takes over for that day. Yeah, and so apparently they do. About 400 meals or something like that, Meals on Wheels, every day. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it's a chance for the Meals on Wheels volunteers to take the day off. Yeah. So, you know, of those meals, a lot of them are there, but then there's a lot of them boxed up and delivered to people, too. Yeah. That's a good program. So Thanksgiving dinner, 12 till 2 at the Newman Center on Thanksgiving. Yeah. The Racial Justice Coalition, Thursday December 4th. Oh, we probably should mention these next week, but we can mark 
your calendar. Um, Chris Mahana Kwanzadan. I pronounced it right. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Friday, December 5th. And then also the alternative gift fair, Sunday, December 7th. Yeah. Mark your calendar for these great and exciting events and we'll try to make sure we have them on our show next week also. Yes. And that'll be up to me to remember. Yeah. Man, everybody might be in trouble. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, I think you'll get it covered. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. The sun's out. Enjoy fall. Winter came for a few days, but we're back to fall. This should be a wonderful weekend to enjoy fall. Yeah. So enjoy it out there, and we'll see you here next week on the radio.